0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Herb of the Week. I'm Jen, and today we're going to talk about witch hazel. First things first, here's my disclaimer. I love to talk about the amazing benefits of plants to the body, but everything I mention here is not a diagnosis or treatment of illness. If you have concerns about the herbs I mentioned today, talk to your practitioner before you make any changes to your healthcare routine. So last week, we talked about frankincense, a 6,000-year-old favorite of the wise men. It's a favorite of mine, too. I love to wear it and burn it for its cleansing and uplifting properties. So if you're not familiar with the benefits of frankincense, go back and check out that episode. But for today, our topic is witch hazel, so let's jump in. i like to go into these episodes by describing what I refer to as the personality of the plant. Plants have individual characteristics, backgrounds, cultural uses, and histories. Consider this an introduction to a new friend. Listeners, meet hazel. Which hazel's scientific name is Hamamelis? It's a flowering plant um, in the family Hamamelidaceae with four species in North America and two Asian species. The North American species are sometimes known as winter bloom because it does just that. It blooms this time of year between November to March, depending on the variety. The witch hazels are deciduous shrubs or small trees growing around 10 to 25 feet tall. The genus name Hamamelis means together with fruit, referring to the simultaneous occurrence of flowers with the maturing fruit from the previous year. So Hamamelis virginiana blooms in September-November, while the other species bloom from January to March. Each flower has four slender, strap-shaped petals that are pale to dark yellow, red, or orange. The fruit is a two-part capsule containing a single, tiny little, quarter-inch glossy black seed in each of the two parts. The capsules explode to split in the autumn, eight months after flowering, ejecting the seeds up to 30 feet away. This is where it gets its alternative name, Snapping Hazel. The name witch in the word witch hazel comes from the Old English witch meaning pliant or bendable. Which, in this case is spelled W-I-C-E and is not related to the word witch meaning the practitioner of magic. The twigs were used as divining rods, and it's my own belief that that's where the term water witching came from. Water witching is another name for dowsing or hunting for underground water, using a rod to detect the flow of energy it creates. I didn't find any sources that support this. In fact, many claim the term water witching comes from its magic-like divination involved. But that's not relevant to our talk today about the medicinal properties, so let's move on. I just thought it was an interesting thing to share. Native Americans used extract of witch hazel extensively for medicinal purposes. Many produced the witch hazel extract by boiling the stems of shrubs and producing a decoction, which was used to treat swellings, inflammation, and tumors. Early Puritan settlers in New England adopted this remedy from the natives and its use became widely established in the United States. Later on, Dr. Charles Hawes extensively studied the production of witch hazel by method of distillation and found this method even more successful and effective and that's when we see the first ever produced and sold witch hazel extract in 1846 called Hawes extract. There's a big difference between the witch hazel you buy at the pharmacy and the folk made witch hazel water. Check the label on the back to see what other ingredients have been added. Oftentimes rubbing alcohol and other toxic ingredients are put in to keep the product shelf stable. Although it's not fatal, oral consumption of witch hazel water is potentially toxic due to the high content of chemicals that are added, as well as some of the tannins remaining in the commercial products. As a result, the ingestation of store-bought witch hazel water is inadvisable, especially during pregnancy and lactation. I've chosen in the last few years to steer clear of the store-bought brands and now boil my own witch water so I know what I'm getting is pure. That being said, let's mosey on into the benefits and uses segment so we can start talking about more specific methods of medicine making with this Rockstar Botanical. Benefits and uses. In this segment of the episode, I like to group the benefits and uses into three categories internal, external, and neural. However, I cannot find any direct benefits to the neurological system. So today we're just gonna talk about the inner and the outer. So let's start with the external. External actions include astringent. Adding an astringent to your daily skin routine can help cleanse the skin, tighten pores, and dry out oils. It's also a tonic. Processes that are strengthening and beneficial to a specific organ, such as uh, or tissues, processes of the body, or even to general health, are, are tonics. In this case, it's a skin tonic. It's also great for scalp sensitivities. This is one that I personally suffer from. My skin is extremely sensitive to materials that are inorganic, so th- for this reason, I would only wash my hair weekly as a child. As a young adult, when the internet was young, I would read forums about herbal recipes for organic, organic shampoos and rinses. Witch Hazel makes a great soothing hair rinse. We'll get back to this in the DIY segment. It's a hemostatic. Hemostasis is the process that prevents and stops bleeding meaning to keep blood within a damaged blood vessel. It's the opposite of hemorrhage. It's the first stage of wound healing. This involves coagulation, blood changing from liquid to a gel. While this sounds like an internal benefit, it is, but it's an action, this action is specifically beneficial for muscle strains, bruises, stasis, uh, dilated veins, and full-on varicose veins. Swab it on externally for this with a cotton ball. We'll discuss the internal benefits of hemostasis in just a second. It's also an anti inflammatory. This is helpful for external hemorrhage or acne, insect bites, etc. External application by method of a cotton ball is also effective here. The combination of all these actions makes witch hazel the most efficacious of treatment of piles and hemorrhoids this issue is something we don't like to talk about but it's common issue especially in American diets it's one we tend to lean on chemical remedies because we aren't aware that there's natural remedies available for this sort of thing but there's but there are and witch hazel not only helps to stop the bleed out but relieves pain as well as reduces swelling and discomfort for the same. So now we're gonna talk about the internal benefits and we're gonna start with hemostatic again or coagulation. It's great for all types of internal bleeding including nosebleeds, bleeding after a tooth extraction, womb bleeding, ulcers of the stomach as well as intestinal bleeds. You could utilize a tincture or steep the twigs and leaves as a tea for this the internal anti-inflammatory benefits. Just like any of the other herbs I've talked about in the past episodes, witch hazel is yet another anti-inflammatory. What makes it different are the combinations with the previous actions I mentioned. So there you have it. It draws tissue together, it slows bleeding, and lessens inflammation. So I use witch hazel in many of my skincare products. One of them being Bug Bite Stick. Just $3 each, this little balm is soothing to all sorts of skin irritations including but not limited to inset bites and sores. I also use it in my toner. You've heard me talk about the rose and lemon toner before. I make this toner in 5 gallon batches in order to keep up with my clients needs. I'm so thrilled with how well this product is doing. While it's not listed in the title which hazel is the silent star here. And my newest product on the shelves is the all-natural and reusable face wipes. Folks, I'm so excited about this for a few reasons. One, is that it's soothing to the skin with completely natural ingredients. And two, they remove waterproof mascara. Yes, they do. My teenage daughter can attest to this claim. She's a beauty brand follower and I measure the value of my products with her expressions when she tries them for the first time. And three, they're reusable. This is huge to me. We throw away thousands of disposable cloths per day because disposable is so easy. But these cloths are just as easy. They can be used, laundered, and then used again eliminating waste and ultimately contributing to a more sustainable lifestyle. So you can find each of these items on my website at kinfolkherbs.com. And now I'm going to tell you an easy recipe for witch hazel water. This is a staple to keep in your apothecary. As a base for most skincare and skin healing products, it's nice to have a chemical free version right at your fingertips. So the first thing you're going to want to do is identify and prune your witch hazel. You're going to want to prune about a pound of twigs from the shrubs as soon as they've flowered. This makes the best tonic because this is the prime time of year right after it's flowered. Makes it the strongest. Then you're going to want to strip all the extra stuff off so so that all you have left is the twigs. So get rid of the leaves and the flowers and you can save those later for teas or sachets or crafts. Then chop those twigs into um, smaller pieces. You can either use a mechanical mulcher or you can use um, pruning shears for this. Once you have your clippings, then you're gonna make sure that they're clean and place them into a big pot, like a two gallon pot would be good, and cover it with distilled water. It's important to use distilled water, and you can get it just about anywhere. But distilled water eliminates the growth of bacteria. So once you add the water and you've covered the twigs, you're gonna bring the whole thing to a boil, then reduce the heat to a simmer, cover it and cook it for about 10 hours. You'll keep adding water if needed as the water uh, reduces. Allow it to cool completely to room temperature after that 10 hours and then pour it into a new container, straining it with a strainer or you could even use a cheesecloth to do this. And once you have it into clean jars, you're gonna wanna keep it in the fridge. If you don't refrigerate it, you're definitely gonna wanna add some kind of vodka or brandy because it's not gonna keep for very long. Refrigeration helps a lot, but adding the vodka really gives it a longer shelf life. This should yield one gallon. It's pretty simple. So if you want to make your own, I have the ingredients, but if you don't have time to make your own, no worries, I can help you. Just contact me. I'd love to hear how you use Witch Hazel. Leave me a comment. And if you have questions, email me at info at If you'd like to have a hard copy of Herb of the Week, you can sign up for this as well as other goodies on my website. Just subscribe with your email address and I'll send you all sorts of great info. And that concludes this episode of Herb of the Week. Thanks so much for listening and stay well, folks.